My earliest memory of being trafficked is four years old, and I remember the hotel was a big yellow sign. I was told what to do, I was told which door to knock on, and my mom just waited in the car, and when I was finished, I don't even know how much time passed, I had an envelope and I handed it to her, and she put it in her magazine, and we drove home, and that was the beginning of my normal. I continued being trafficked until I was 23. Pornography was always involved. There are pictures of me out there and videos of me somewhere. I was never wanting to do those things. I was never wanting to be videoed or have pictures taken. It wasn't my choice. Even when I was being sold, they were making pornography from that. A lot of times there are women like me that are being used for pornography. They pretend like they want to be there and they don't. They don't want to be there and they're humiliated being there. So when you engage in pornography, you're hurting a lot more than just yourself. where Peter and John are walking into the temple gates beautiful and the beggar is lying at the gate. Everyone else is passing by. Peter looks at him and says, look at me. I have neither silver nor gold, but what I have I'll give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. But the first thing he says is, look at me. I think most of us in the church really focus on the healing power of being able to walk. But I would probably argue, especially for the people that we serve, the healing power began in the value of someone's attention. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. The last time we got together because of January being National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month, we ran out of time, and I felt like we needed to get back together and continue the conversation and create a, a second part of this interview to help you to engage this issue. As we wrapped up last time, one of the things that kind of stood out is truth and justice. As followers of Christ, I think that is part of our DNA that is instilled in us through the gospel, truth and justice. Today, we welcome back Morgan Wright, also Rachel Haga. Ladies, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, having, for us. having us. They are doing incredible work right here in our city, helping survivors of human trafficking, trying to reach them, helping people to get set free. Don't want to use the word rescue, we said last time, but there is a sense, Rachel and Morgan, that you're helping to set the captives free. Absolutely. I would probably say even internally for our team, we get to enter in after someone else has done the physical rescue potentially, but also even we get to be present like at our survivor care center, even in the midst of COVID. I'm sure like many people, we don't have all of our staff working from the office, et cetera. But there was one day that myself and maybe two other team members were at our care center. Someone rang the doorbell. I opened it and a young woman standing at the door literally said, I have been in the life for a long time, and one of your team members told me when I'm ready that you'll be here. And we were, like even in the middle of COVID, being able to have a few people in our survivor care center to open the door for when a victim even self-identifies her own readiness Mm -hmm. to get out of the chains of this exploitation. We used an example last time of a young lady who, from the age five until 25, this was her lifestyle. By a number of different abusers over those 20 years. Exactly. And so now... Here's a life that needs help. Absolutely. The CIA estimates that 80,000 women and children are trafficked across national borders annually. And that includes locally, right here in our city. We talked about several cases. 
in the Bartley community. I know there was a case in the news a couple years ago in Collierville. Mm -hmm. These homes could be your next door neighbor. Sure. There's even a a case maybe a a year or two years ago in Millington. And of course, here in Memphis as well. To the point of going across borders, though, I think, again, probably one of the things that we speak on a lot. Morgan is our community engagement coordinator. So she and I team together in doing these exact kind of things. Like, how do we educate the community on what it does look like, what it doesn't look like, and how can you come along in the fight? And so one of the things that we actually strive to communicate is that someone never has to leave their home. So much less cross a border, a federal border or a state border. Mm -hmm. One of our first cases that we worked as a team here locally, and as Morgan shared in that first segment, she originally started in this work in Baton Rouge. She probably has similar stories. A mom told her neighbor here in Memphis, I'm pimping out my daughter. So that was the Mm -hmm. first case that we actually worked as a team coming alongside these neighbors who were just asking, what do we do? Like, how? can we intervene into a mom disclosing to one of us that she's pimping out her kids that daughter never was leaving the home or the neighborhood but she was being trafficked within and by her own sphere of influence her own home is that what you're saying absolutely for sure i mean i think there's a ton of cases where the pimp traffics the kids like rachel was saying in their homes they'll go to school they'll come back still be at home and have to upload videos and just do certain things like that and all a part of the grooming process. We've worked other cases where a local partner in town called because someone in, uh, that was being served by their organization disclosed something's going on with my granddaughter. She's going to school and each time she comes home, there's a pimp that's waiting at the door, yeah. waiting at, waiting in the front yard that he's scheduled dates for her, as they say. So she, for all intents and purposes, she doesn't meet that normal paradigm Mm -hmm. of what we think trafficking to look like. She was going to school every day. She was coming home every day. But he was forcing her into this lifestyle on the evenings Mm -hmm. um, and controlling her through the fear of violence to her family. And so she was being trafficked and yet never leaving, not even leaving school, much less her home. Do you ladies ever feel afraid for the work that you're doing? You're knocking on the doors of people making big money doing this. I mean, I think that it, I say this all the time, there's a lane for everyone within trafficking. I think that there's tons of people that don't feel safe and rightfully so. Um, But I think that there's people that have personalities that kind of this drives them and it excites them and it's not very fearful. I think that you have to be smart and use wisdom and you have to be very aware of your surroundings and you can't just go into situations um, very uh, ignorant about it. And so, like Rachel said earlier, I think that there's this picture that is put out to be where always busting down doors but often, yeah no oftentimes it's just being daily faithful to be available yeah, yeah. obviously you have the support of your husbands oh you? yeah <laughs> um, my husband will n- quick story so when i first got involved in helping this work i did it through outreach street outreach um going to clubs and the street and so my husband he's very like hardcore certain things and so he would come on outreach just to be able to be a like a security guard 
<laughs> yeah. My husband, uh, for years when we first started our Lives Worth Saving class, which is a cooperative class alongside MPD, the Shelby County Health Department, Shelby County Attorney General's Office, General Wyrick, he would actually come and also volunteer at that class. It's probably one of the easiest on-ramps for men to volunteer mm-hmm. because yes. it's in a public space. They are serving food. They're serving drinks. They're just really being kind. Um, and they're doing it alongside other other men and women. So it, it's actually one of the best places for the first interaction potentially for primarily women to interact with a man where – she is being she is being served with no expectation of yeah. any kind of transactional oh, relationship. What a great picture! And so yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I, I think that would be the case for maybe mm-hmm. all of the husbands because actually I, I will say our team is some on our team we would call us a just a very passionate team of abolitionists a, gr- a girl gang we do find our specific lanes as she said i encourage and exhort our team to not go busting down doors or go to unsafe spaces uh, without very clear thought processes we're not a first responder we get called in because law enforcement is already there before us uh, if for some reason we get called by the victim herself and there's not law enforcement then we either liaise with law enforcement or ask the victim to to go to a safe place yeah. because um, even again, like re- reflecting back to my time in Cambodia, I uh, challenged even my team there that we never want to be a people who go into the lion's den just because we're looking to be saved, but we want to be faithful. Yes. And if that ends us in the lion's den, then we can say with conviction that the Lord would be glorified, whatever outcome there is. Right. And so I think that that's the case with what we do here, too, that we're not looking for the lion's den. We're not looking for the fiery furnace, mm-hmm. um, but we're looking to be faithful and obedient. If some kind of injury comes to any of us along the way, um, we can rest in the assurance that hopefully the Lord would be glorified in our faithfulness. Last time, Morgan mentioned some legislation here in our state mm-hmm. that you have helped. Was there 40? There's actually over 40 pieces of legislation that uh, Tennessee General Assembly has passed over the years. So starting in uh, 2010, actually the first one I think was in 2008, but it was b- before I was back in Memphis, so I can't claim it, uh, claim to have any kind of influence in it. But now Tennessee has passed over 40 pieces that actually has Tennessee ranked number one on a national database or a national reflection on human trafficking law, counter trafficking law. So Shared Hope International is an organization out of D.C. that really analyzes and rates states legislation, active laws for victim services, for victim responses, for penalties to the trafficker, penalties to the buyers, et cetera. And so Tennessee is actually number one in our nation for that on that ranking for the third year in a row as of right now, four years in the last five years. And so we are aggressively in our mission statement. uh, What we say is we empower survivors, we equip communities. So you've already heard a little bit of our survivor empowerment a little bit. This is even an example of equipping communities and then changing systems. So it's not only the isolated pieces of legislation, but it's also working alongside our Shelby County Attorney General for that Lives We're Saving class or working alongside the Tennessee Department of Education to train teachers. We are actually just right now entering into a new contract with uh, working with Tennessee Department of Corrections to launch some programming in Tennessee prisons for just to constantly analyze how we can change systems to identify victims. That is great, ladies. And so as these legislative issues 
come forth. Is there ways to find out through your website so mm-hmm. people can learn how they can call their state representatives, representatives and, and, and to be part of this? So mm-hmm. that's you guys help inform through your website. Probably more aggressively through all of our social media because uh, legislative mm-hmm. bills are going to be sponsored and then go through the yes. go through the system pretty quickly. So I would say follow our our social media, but also follow what's referred to our uh, TASA partners, T A S A Tennessee Anti Slavery Alliance partners in Slavery Tennessee and in, in Middle Tennessee and Grow Free Tennessee and East Tennessee. Both of them are also going to share those pieces of legislation as well. Okay. You know, we've been talking about the trauma victims after years, and some of them has has started as young as five years old being trafficked. Talk about helping to rebuild their lives. Are you guys involved in helping them restore and rebuild their lives to help them to get a new life? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely a part of the process. We try our best to create wraparound services um, whenever our survivors come into our care. What would be some of those wraparound services? What would be some of the specific needs when a a young lady realizes or even a teen is pulled away from that lifestyle? Mm -hmm. What are some of the immediate needs that they have? Yeah, I mean, we can think about physical needs. So a lot of times... You know, we're dealing with like lady that was trafficked for 20 years. She has a lot of physical issues going on in her body. Um, So she needs medical care. She might need work done, plastic surgery done. She might need, uh, when we talk about emotional care, we help with uh, giving them um, or providing services with. therapy, um, connecting them with therapists, counselors. Um, we also do, um, going back to physical need, they need clothing, shelter. Um, we also help Is, is there a safe house? Safe house, yes. We have a residential um, program. Um, we call our safe homes uh, Blossom House. Um, so we have a transitional living program, and then we also have a 12-month um, home. And so, uh, yeah, we provide that. I think it's really helpful to look at it that every victim um, has probably tangible needs, mm-hmm. like what you're thinking, like the safe house, the food, the clothing, maybe a new birth certificate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need probably to get assistance getting their GED, assistance getting some legal mm-hmm. reparations. Uh, they might have civil needs, like assistance with, I mean, one of our, one of the survivors we've served over the years, her trafficker applied for MLGNW in her name, applied for housing in her name. And so when she came into our services, she had incredible debt with MLGNW that she did not incur herself. Um, she had incredible debt with a landlord that she did not incur herself. And so there's this sometimes what might feel like insurmountable list of tangible needs that they need assistance with they also have that intangible they just need to feel safe they need to feel valued emotional and even the spiritual side absolutely there's a place for the gospel to come into Mm -hmm. this person's life right 
Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that Because really, it's only with the gospel that, as we noted in that last segment that we did for you, for someone to feel they don't have to look forward to this future day that they will be enough. But then just by being here right now, they have not only the availability of the Holy Spirit that's available to them mm-hmm. to like fill them up and be their counselor, their guide, mm-hmm. but they are made in the image of God. And so that in and of itself, they have value that is inherent. Mm-hmm. And so ideally, we create spaces alongside our partners, alongside our volunteers, the church community in Memphis, for them to know that that intangible reality of just um the felt conviction of their humanity and their value. Yes, that's so perfect there. Well, as we mentioned at the start of this show and of the last show that we did together, January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Is there some specific goals as an organization that you have set that you would like to see achieved as you talk about this month? I think, admittedly, uh, COVID-19 has drastically changed any kind of goals that we might have had. Typically, mm-hmm. we get to speak at a, uh, at least two church families almost every Sunday in the month. So that's normally a goal to, mm-hmm. for probably more going to be at one church while I'm at a different church every Sunday to really galvanize the body of Christ in our community to know that they have a place to fight for the survivors, fight against this injustice. During the pandemic, those goals absolutely have been shifted, but we've still been able to do this podcast. We're recording with Christ Church uh, also later this month, Christ Methodist Church, and finding ways to just leverage video, leverage podcast Mm -hmm. to still meet some of those awareness goals and then look ahead to how potentially the relationships from the opportunities that we do have, what they can create later on in the year. Talk about signs that listeners can look for in potential victims caught in the sex trafficking I think one of my most relevant ones that I've seen, and I was at a laundromat, and there were there was one man with three girls of of different races, all doing their laundry at this laundromat together, but also being very attentive to each other's mm-hmm. um, freedom as well. So even if the fella might walk away, that the girls end up almost being controllers to one another because they want to keep any kind of level of peace that might be in what's called the stable and their in in their grouping of mm-hmm. exploited people um, and so I think that I actually ended up calling the police that day to to laundromat and I actually said hey I'm an advocate that these are my red flags I know for sure that this is happening can you send plain clothes officers because you're going to spook them et cetera, et cetera. And, and granted not everyone is probably going to have yeah. that conviction to be able to say it that particular way. But I, I would probably argue we have a survivor who um, came here and spoke on a panel for us years ago. Like she's a friend and a colleague in the national scope of things. Mm-hmm. And she told me one day, because I asked her this question, it might have been maybe 2014, 2015. Um, we already covered in the last couple of segments that I've worked at Huey's over the years. And I, I've said, when I see the red flags at Huey's, what am I supposed to do? And she said, um, just say something. So as a survivor, she said, even if you get it wrong, I would much rather when I was in the life, I would have much rather somebody be willing to say something and potentially get it wrong than choose fear of offense or fear of getting it wrong and leave it for me to to be in it for another day. Well, there have been documented cases of sex trafficking in 85% of Tennessee counties. That was a 2011 study. That's 2011. Here we are, 2021. So there's a big need to engage this issue. And I can't help but think there's somebody listening right now that would like to engage and would like to volunteer. What are some ways 
volunteers are utilized through Restore Corps? Um, we have tangible ways, like with our safe house, being able to help with the physical needs of the house, planting a garden. There's things that in the volunteers' personal life that they love to do, hobbies. We love to introduce our girls to other parts of the life that I think that sometimes with being in human trafficking, pimps uh, shut them off to so they won't learn and grow. So if you love to knit, if you love to do sports, if you just anything hanging out with our survivors, mentoring, volunteer work, uh, helping us in our office administration work um, with our with our lives we're saving lives we're saving that's class. like a monthly opportunity to mm-hmm. to show up and just help us set the table because yeah. even in that lives we're saving that's an isolated Thursday where uh, people arrested for prostitution are assigned to our class with the opportunity for us mm-hmm. and other organizations locally that we're partnered with whether that be. A way out or Lassu community or Thistle and B and others to be able to come and say, what do you need? Like all of our organizations are here. How can we walk alongside you as you identify that your life is worth saving, but not just worth saving, but worth living? And we really even reflect on those day that day uh, from two different places in scripture in acts where peter and john are walking into the temple gates beautiful and the beggar is standing or lying at the gate everyone else is passing by and peter looks at him and says look at me i have neither silver nor gold but what i have i'll give you in the name of jesus christ stand up and walk but the first thing he says is look at me i think most people most of us in the church really focus on the healing power of being able to walk but i would probably argue especially for the the people that we serve Mm -hmm. the healing power began in the value of someone's attention. And so in the lives we're saving, we have the opportunity to welcome uh, people who are in our church community or in our community at large to a place to set a table. Um, Again, now looking at Luke, where the king set the table and told a steward to go out and invite everyone. And eventually, as we all know, it spiraled down to him saying, go out to the highways and the byways and tell them that a place has been set for you. I mean, there's been times where I've been the facilitator for that class and have said, hey, we know that the police are the ones who went out to the highways and the byways and got you to our table, (laughs) but it has been set for you. And we want you to know here and in this place that your life is worth living. I love what you said, lives worth saving mm-hmm. and lives worth living. You know, mm-hmm. that is so beautiful. Well, your work focuses to eradicate human trafficking by empowering survivors, as we've been talking about these last two programs. Do you have some examples of those that you've helped to empower and the role that they now play to help fight for your cause? I would probably mm-hmm. say that some of those, it's it's varied. As we already mm-hmm. mentioned with uh, the young girl who was originally her exploitation began at age five uh, at the hands of her family members. We walked alongside her, introduced her to other organizations to get her GED, to get a job, to begin in trauma and therapy, uh, trauma counseling and therapy. We introduced her to other survivors so that she even has community in her life now that she calls on from them being in a safe house together because they they walked that path together. Um, One another survivor helped her get her children back. Uh, Someone in the community donated a car to our organization specifically for a survivor. We were able to give her that car at the beckoning of uh, that donor, able to partner with Memphis Hero Legal Services to deal with uh, fees. We mentioned MLGW. She's the yes. one that I'm thinking about. Right. Like she's an incredible example mm-hmm. of 
She lost her kids in response to her trafficking. She had incredible fees levied against her driver's license, incredible levied, uh, incredible fees with MLG&W. She did not have a job for years through partnering with the our collaborators and partners in our community on the other side of her being in our house for about a year and a half she had her license back she had no fees at mlg and w she had her ged she had her children back she was in an apartment and <laughs> and on and on and that's not always going to be yes. what it looks yeah. like no, we would probably also argue that what we aim to do mm-hmm. is decrease vulnerabilities and increase the sustainable support yeah. system and so well. potentially for some it might just be the ged it might just be her being safe for four days mm-hmm. yeah. and then returning to the abuse because of those ways that she's groomed and she thinks that the abuser is also her boyfriend mm-hmm. um, but to always be available for the next time that she yeah. is ready to come out and enter into mm-hmm. a place where she knows yeah. that she has support wow this is so wonderful these stories these lives changed one eight five 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 tnhth tennessee human trafficking hotline that number again let's make sure i say it right one eight five 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 T N H T H. Rachel, you're so kind to look up. Uh, I was actually also looking up our our actual hotline too, our twenty four hour number. So oh. that's the Tennessee Human Trafficking Hotline, and I'll mm-hmm. read that out for you in a minute as well. I think it's a um, a number of sixes and fours, if I remember correct. But our Restore Core Hotline, if, if someone needs to call that today, our twenty four hour number is nine zero one four zero nine six five eight six. Get that number out again, okay? Nine zero one. Four zero nine six five eight six. I pull this number off your website, mm-hmm. but locally it would be great to call Restore Corps right here in town. That number you just gave. Yeah. Either one will work because the Tennessee Human Trafficking Hotline is uh, still probably needs to be notified. So that way, if there needs to be some kind mm-hmm. of first responder safety of law enforcement or fire emergency response, that Human Trafficking Hotline is a great way to go. But we also have our 24-hour hotline to available if somebody feels that that's more comfortable. And that website, Morgan, for people to check out, too, the website we gave out? RestoreCorps.org. Okay. Mm-hmm. RestoreCorps.org. Yes. Friends, please engage the issue. Pray. We're talking about those forces of darkness. That's what we've got to pray mm-hmm. because you guys are engaging. You're right in the heat of the battle. Mm-hmm. And we thank you so much for what you both are doing for Christ's kingdom through this work of Restore Corp. Great, great organization. Hey, Rachel, thanks for reaching out to thank me. Thank you. This has been great. You guys don't be strangers. We need to keep this topic in front of our listeners and those viewing on YouTube right now mm-hmm. to be praying, to be supporting, to lift you guys up, and to volunteer, too. Find ways that yes. you can help make a difference in this issue. Well, friends, we're going to have to say goodbye. Again, another show is time's up. That's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's Mid-South Viewpoint. The program you just heard is available at BotRadioNetwork.com or on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher. The show is also available to watch on YouTube. Just search Byron Tyler Radio to find the channel. If you have suggestions for upcoming episodes, please email btyler at BotRadioNetwork.com. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure when you visit our website to look for other programs available on our network, 
to help you build a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. 